All right. Welcome back to uh, Guerrilla Discipleship. Um, I get to be your host again, Kevin Baker, and this is my friend Tim Carson. We're just going to continue to talk uh, about what, how we were discipled, and um, we kind of gave you an introduction last week to how we got to the church, how we got to this group that this guy George Anderson was leading, pastor of the church. And Tim, here's what I was thinking about in terms of what we talked about last week, that um, that in those early years, what I feel like George did was he made Jesus real for us in, in a, in a mm. way that was amazing. He made Jesus real. He made life with Jesus real. He began to help, I think, set the tone for a community that Jesus, it, that we were a community that Jesus loved or that I, we were included in the community of Jesus's love. So that's what I, I think uh, when I think about some of that early part of my time there. It, but what what eventually happened, and, uh, and it, it, I think it was... Uh, intentional on George's part is we became his apprentices. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that last time um, in terms of George always, he just invited us along. He invited us to be included. He shared his thoughts with us. He shared. And, but, but I remember clear as day, clear as day, George talking about prayer and then saying, uh, trying to train us in terms of conversational prayer. You know, I, I, nobody had ever talked. I've been in the church for a, a long time, and no one had sat down with me and said, do you know how to pray? Um, and they did it in a way that felt sort of, uh, or George did it. I mean, I remember him just looking at me and starting to pray. And I'm like, wait a minute, don't we have to close our eyes? And right. he's like, prayer is just a conversation with the Lord. And right. uh, and so d- d- did you have those kinds of experiences? Yeah, yeah. And and again, it, it wasn't it wasn't one thing. No, it was everything. Exactly, it, it was everything combined. I think we said last week that we talked about George pouring his life out. Uh, so I, I remember us having one of the deeper conversations we ever had, George and I, uh, about you know being a man of God while we were playing golf. Yeah, and you know we were out kind of hacking around the course. Um, <laughs> in fact, it's a funny story because we were playing with uh, these a uh, father-son that oh. they paired us with. We didn't know them. Oh, wow. And the son was not playing well and was just cursing up a storm, one up one side and down the other every time he'd miss something. We were on about the 11th green and he missed a putt and just let loose, stopped mid-sentence, looked at us and said, y'all are preachers, aren't you? And George said, well, as a matter of fact, we are. (laughs) But we had this great conversation about what does it mean to be, I think the conversation had to to do with being men of integrity in ministry while we're playing golf. That's awesome. And we're talking about golf, and we're talking about what does it mean to be well-married, and what does it mean to, you know, shepherd the flock, and... What does it, you know, what are the special things that, that go into being a pastor um, while we're, while we're playing golf? But that's, so that's later because we, actually George, I think in Carroll raised up probably 20 to 40 folks who went into either full-time or part-time yeah. pastoral kind of ministry. Yeah. 
but it's, uh, he, I think he was doing that life on life and, and th- those kinds of conversations even before either one of us felt called to the ministry. Would yeah. you agree? Well, and again, the DNA of the church, he had already done that. They had already yeah. done that with the people who were just above us. That's true. That's true. And then he moved it to us. As we sort of came of age, he was very intentional about moving that to us. You know, and what remi- that reminds me, he would start. He started introducing us around, like he was so proud of us. Like, hey, these are my yeah. guys. These are my guys. Yeah. And and that was, you know, again looking back on it, I just had never had that experience right. where somebody was honoring me and and you know apprenticing me, pouring into me. And again, all of it was taking place just very relationally. It wasn't a program. It was just it was just who George and Carol were. Uh, They would invite us over to their house. Uh, But so so there there was this I want to go back to there was some skill training. And again, both of us uh, stayed in this group and the group uh, went through a variety of, of sort of Iterations. Iterations, yeah. <laughs> People, iterations. But we, we began to struggle with a call to ministry. And, right. and, and um, eventually, we actually, the group kind of morphed or we came, became a part of another group, maybe, of guys that were in the church feeling called to ministry. And George began to really disciple us and, and, right. and train us in that as well. But even before that, I think what, what I would say is, as you said, he poured into us. Uh, life on life, invited us into his life, invited us to, to, but he was, you know, again, going back to the prayer thing, taught me how to pray, taught me, you know, taught me how to read the word. And right. he, he would constantly was holding the bar up here. Right. You know, I remember at that age, he was like, you know, you, have you had your time in the word? Have you had time in the word? And I was like about as inconsistent having time in the word. Right. I, I would have time in the word you know, once or twice a week, maybe. And, but he wanted every day, do you have time right. in the word? And, and somehow, I don't know if this is your experience, but somehow I felt challenged by him, but not condemned by yes. him. Yeah. How, how did, how did he do that? How do you, how did he challenge us and call us up to a bigger thing without ever feeling, I never felt condemned by him. I never felt condemned by him. Yeah. That's an, Huh. That's an interesting thing to to think of it from that angle, because I I think what he did, because he was so real and so in it, he knew that even though he was calling us higher, he knew we weren't always going to make it. Maybe that's right. And there was a lot of allowance. Yeah. He was so gracious. Yeah. I mean, he he, this is that's how I felt. The discipling that we had was unbelievable. Godlike and godly, I would say godly expectations right. with, hey, there's grace. There's yeah. grace here. God, God, you're going to grow as God, you know, you got to give yourself over to God. I saw full surrender. I saw George. I really feel like we saw George. I saw George lead us in a way that was, I'm dependent upon the Holy Spirit and you need to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and I was thinking of it a little from a little different angle in that. George had a vibrancy to his faith and yeah, his life. That's good. And he just he just invited us into that same vibrancy. 
And it wasn't right. an all everything's worked out vibe. Right, exactly. It was a, I don't know, you know, some, I remember he would sometimes, we would be in those conversations and he would like uh, go, guys, what do you think about that? Right. Yeah. Almost like, I don't know what yeah, quite to I, think about yeah. that. <laughs> Which is great because everybody doubts, everybody yes. has struggles, nobody has it all together. And for there to be room for that, yeah. like yeah. I've held that room yeah, like the rest of my my ministry, I, I don't get all freaked out when okay, not a, I don't have it all figured out. It uh, was room for discovery. It wasn't like yeah. I'm just going to tell you everything. Right. It was I'm going to guide you, but there's there's a God who wants to be discovered by you, and yes. and He invited that, and He sometimes you felt like at times He was genuinely discovering God through us. Yeah, like it wasn't a one sided deal. So it was it was interesting. All right, so we um, we eventually, in fact, I think George said this later on. Uh, the two of us really began to walk together. Mm-hmm. Um, it started. And so this has been, I want to shift now. George got us started. George And George continued even to this day. Praise the Lord, George and Carol are still alive. They're still very central in our lives in terms of our hearts. We don't see them very much anymore. But, but at some point, some of that discipleship transferred over to our relationship. Well, I was thinking about this when we were talking earlier. George cast the vision across the church and specifically to us, to do life together. Yeah, that's true. I mean, his vision of church was, y'all just get together and, and, and do life together and figure it out together. You'll be stronger in your faith together than you would be individually. And yeah. so just do that. And, and again, it's that relational piece. Yeah. You know, those people, and we have not, Cindy and I have not been part of Mount Oak for Cindy's your wife. Cindy your is my wife. Yeah. For more than 30 some years. Yeah. yeah. For, for the better part of 30 years, she ha- we have not been a part of Mount Oak. Wow. Recently, one of the people from Mount Oak passed away. And when we heard about it, um, my wife wept yeah. because that woman was another mom to her. And had prayed for her and discipled her and loved her. Those people, all these years later, are still significant to us. You know, and Tim, that's a great, that, that, that idea. We had spiritual, there, that church was full of spiritual moms and dads. Yes. And that was full of spiritual children. And it was full of spiritual adolescents. And we were allowed to be that. We were right. allowed, you, you know, again, it was like, yeah. I mean, nobody ever said, oh, you're just a spiritual adolescent. But right. it was it was you were around people with with great maturity. Right. And they would nurture you. Right. Um, as you would let them. I mean, if you let them, it wasn't a lamb situation where they took right. authority in your life. Yeah. But if you gave them an opportunity, if you gave them authority, they would speak in. They would they yeah. would nurture care for you. But the thing you always knew about that group is they were for you. Yeah, that, that's like so they good. They were for yeah. you. They, Even when you failed. Yeah, that's right. And, and you failed a lot. I did. I, yeah, <laughs> there's no question. But they were for you. Right, yeah. You know, uh, it, yeah. it just... That's so good. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I, mean, I, I told you this story the other day. After, being, after kind of coming through that time at Mount Oak and being a mess and all of that, uh, years later, I went back and preached at Mount Oak. 
yeah. and, and preached a, a sermon that was well-received. And uh, one of the, those guys above us, Norm Lively, came up to me after and he said, you know, Tim, I look at you, I look at where you were, I look at what just happened here, and you make me believe God can do anything. <laughs> and and he meant that lovingly, you know, it, it was like, I'm so encouraged by, by where yeah. you are, and, and I'm rejoicing in that, uh, but it was a funny way to say well, it. Well, he had, a, he had, Norm, I have my own Norm story, he had a, the gift of encouragement, because yeah. The very first time I preached was at Mount Oak, and I didn't know what I was doing. I hadn't been to seminary. George said, why don't you speak? And that was that was not only were they for you, they believed in you. Oh, yeah. They believed yeah. more in you than you believed right. in yourself yeah. kind yeah. of thing. And uh, I remember, I mean, it was probably the most wretched sermon everybody anybody's ever preached. And Norm came up to me, Norm Lively came up to me, and, and I, it was almost like he had really paid attention to, you know, what could I say that would encourage him? And he said something like, Kevin, you just have a presence in the pulpit. And I felt like he was being honest, right. but it was like, nothing you said makes sense or was good. <laughs> but he figured out something that he could genuinely, right. with integrity, say, but you have a great presence in the pulpit. And I, yeah. I, uh, it meant a lot to me that he wanted to encourage me. Yeah. So really, I think our, our relationship is was built on the foundation of that vision and that culture of you do life together, you throw in with each other, you make it happen. And, and, and so when the Lord kind of put us together, we were primed for that. Yeah. I don't know that we would have thought that, but I don't know if you remember this, actually you and George and I made a commitment. We're wow. going to do life together. Yeah. We're just going to be in it. It upset our wives. Yeah. It particularly upset my <laughs> wife because I didn't talk to her before for, I made it. For, we made a lifelong covenant together without right. talking to our wives. Well, yeah. Probably so, shouldn't do that. Yeah. That I would say maturity wise, maybe there was, <laughs> there was an issue there, but, but those commitments were birthed out of the culture yeah. of Mount Oak, yeah. out of the culture of discipleship, of this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You're in it in real ways with other people. You know, the truth is, um, and I've said this before, the people that we're talking about became almost more family than my family. Yeah. It, it, it was just a deep, First of all, we could commit, we could meet at such a deep spiritual level. The the idea that we're, hey, we're for you. We're here to nurture you. We believe in you. We're going to train you. We're willing to help you. We're willing to walk with you. We're willing to, I mean, wow. How many of us can say that we have that in the churches that we're a part of? That seems to be missing today. And so no wonder we're not really feeling like the, the discipleship is happening with people because our churches have become, I go and I get something and I go home. I go, I get a message or I get inspired, but no one's caring for us and, and nurturing us. So you're yeah. right. I, there was an atmosphere that was set. Cars, uh, people from church gave us cars while yeah. we were in yeah. seminary. Yep. Money, um, yep. Uh, somebody, uh, somebody from church came and said, I need to give you some money if you're going to be student pastoring yeah. uh, to buy some new clothes. Because your clothes, I get it, you're a graduate student, but your clothes are ratty looking. Yeah. And you need some different, and they didn't mean it in a, in a negative way. They meant it to, 
yeah. to be a blessing to us. Um, we would every once in a while get checks from people when we were away at seminary from the church, and they it would just be, hey, this is for you, to help you. Right. And eventually the church set up accounts because there was some tax issues right. there. Yeah. And they would give money to the church on our behalf, and then right. the church and would, the church would, would forward it to yeah. the school church because to us. Yeah. you know we were their kids, and they talked about us that way. They said, right. "Hey, these are our kids that are that have been sent off." Yeah. All right, we are. This has been a great uh, conversation, but we need to take a break because I know that uh, your time is precious. So I want to thank you again for tuning in to Guerrilla Discipleship, and uh, we're going to continue this conversation, and you p- can pick up with us next week.